So yesterday's show was obviously like intense and, you know, emotional and, and all of these things. And I was recapping it on my Instagram stories and Sadie was standing behind me. And all of a sudden I hear this like burp slash like cough up a hairball thing. <laughs> like right in the, Just she's like, <laughs> and I'm like, Sadie, but I kept it in there. Cause you know, got to keep it real. So my Instagram stories, I'm talking about something super serious. I'm tearing up. And then Sadie's in the background going, <laughs> well, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, I was in, I was going to say it's kind of like Thursday night, but I don't think you want me to tell the story. But maybe I can. Thursday night. As we're leaving for the hospital, Callie says. Oh, yeah. No, please don't tell the story. <laughs> no, we have to be done. <laughs> you know, after all the stuff we're talking about. Yeah. We don't, don't... Have, we don't have to say it was you. We can just say it was a thing that happened. <laughs> As as we're leaving, Callie tells me to hold on because she has to run upstairs and plunge a toilet. <laughs> now, in her defense, I just uh, we have a couple of the toilets in this house are a little sensitive. I would say more like most of them, like basically all of them are a bit yeah. sensitive. Yeah. If, if you use a little too much toilet paper, then you're, you're going to have to plunge. Right. So Callie says, OK, we're about to go to the hospital. She says. Either you can't use the toilet in our bedroom or you got to give me a minute to go plunge it. I'm like, oh, my God, go plunge it. And Meanwhile, I'm like bleeding. Jeff is like dry heaving. He's like, oh, my God, no, go take care of it. I will have this baby on the floor in our kitchen. You have to take care of that right now. Is that uh, maybe is that indicative of the chaos that was I to come? I mean, maybe. So, all right. So same format as yesterday. We're going to say thank you to our upside advertisers right now. And then uh, it'll be my story. And just a reminder, my version of the events, um, because there are some discrepancies because you were so out of it at some points mm -hmm. that and none of them are super significant, but but they are kind of, that's pretty funny that you think yeah. that's whatever. Um, and then... Uh, and then there's a couple things that I haven't even told you that I don't even think I'm prepared to say. I'm really I, nervous, to be completely honest about this. But to be I honest. I think it's going to be pretty emotional. To be honest, me too. Um, and then, so we'll come back with my perspective. But before we do the advertiser thank yous, what feedback did you get yesterday? Um, a lot of people saying that they were crying their way through the episode. Um, and that they're really glad that I'm okay, that Olivia's okay, and that it definitely is like a traumatic experience for sure. Um, a couple people said you definitely sound like you are, you know, bottling it up a little bit, trying yeah. to like, you know, just get through our day to day, um, which I don't think is, is false. And yeah. What about you? A lot of people asking if I was okay, which was really sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, but immediately after posting the links to the episode, I posted like five cute pictures of Ellie and Olivia. Yeah. That morning, so uh, so the those messages about that could come in and drown out because I do think I am definitely a little bit standing outside of it still. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. So because it was just a lot going on. So uh, my version of the events in three minutes. Let me say this. You should be picky 
about your doctors. The only thing about being picky about the doctors and picking someone that you like, that you trust, that you can have a conversation with is that it takes a lot of time, right? To find that, that doctor, that golden nugget doctor that's just right for you. Well, that used to be the case, but it's not now because now we have ZocDoc. I use ZocDoc to find my OB for this pregnancy. It's a free app and a website where you can search and compare highly related in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Now, I'm not talking about like five doctors with like one review each. I'm talking about tens of thousands of doctors, all with verified patient reviews, so you can make sure that the vibes are what you want before you go. You can also book online directly, which is amazing because if you're like me, you hate talking on the phone, you hate waiting on hold, you hate just the whole thing. I don't like it. I use ZocDoc and you should too. You're going to love it. Go to ZocDoc.com upside and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com upside. ZocDoc.com upside. We are so excited that Miss Olivia has joined us. I cannot believe that I am saying out loud, we have two kids. And it's really important that we make sure that they are taken care of. You never know what could happen. And it's really important to have a conversation and then follow through with getting term life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it simple to protect your family's financial future so you can focus on what's ahead, knowing your family is protected if something unexpected happens. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget. You could go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com upside. That's meetfabric.com upside. M-E-E-T-F-A-B-R-I-C dot com upside. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Price is subject to underwriting and health questions. My word of the year is peace, my friends. Peace in all aspects of my life and eliminating things that don't need to be stressful. One thing that will make your life easier in 2024 is Little Spoon. Little Spoon delivers fresh, healthy meals and snacks that your kids will love for every eating stage. Now, it starts with the baby blitz. We started this with Ellie. It's fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to purees. Then they have plates, which are toddler and big kid meals. They also have smoothies, which Ellie loves. And they have lunchers, which I think are so cute. They're build-it-yourself lunches like easy, cheesy pizza and chicken dunkers. They're protein packed and they're made with hidden veggies, but without all the junk that we used to eat as kids. Did I mention it comes right to your door? You pick the menu, you change up, um, you can change up what you order and then it comes right to your door. Simplify your kiddos mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash upside 30 and enter our code upside 30 at checkout to get 30% off your first little spoon order. Thursday night, I make chili. I make Dolly Parton cornbread. So good. It's like cake. It is like cake. And we have dinner. I had not, the entire kitchen was a disaster because I had made dinner without, it, the chili was a last minute decision. It was a stovetop chili recipe, but it was really cold and I just thought about chili. Mm -hmm. So the entire kitchen was a disaster because I, literally cooked out of the grocery bags. Plus we were in the middle of laundry. Plus I think we were starting to get ready for having to go to the hospital in a couple of weeks. So the whole kitchen was 
a disaster. And Callie calls me upstairs and says, put my parents on standby. I have to call my doctor. This is happening. And you were definitely panicked. Mm -hmm. You were scared. So I did just that. Uh, Ellie was in the bath, in the shower, taking uh, her, her taking a shower. And so I got her out, started to dry her off. And you came up to report that uh, while it probably wasn't an emergency emergency, it definitely warranted a visit to the hospital right now. So let's go. And your parents came over. You said yesterday that you made it sound like the departure to the hospital was almost joyful. Like, oh, we're going to have a baby in your head. And maybe it was for me. I felt a little bit panicked. Mm -hmm. um, not that something bad was going to happen or that it was a negative experience. I think it was the fact that we had a podcast using our studio that weekend. The house was a disaster. The, like Ellie didn't even have her bag packed. Ellie didn't even have clothes on. Right. She was literally naked in the shower. Yeah. So I think... Um, I think I may have been trying to be the calm one, right? Mm -hmm. But inside I was a little panicked, not because I thought there was something seriously wrong, but because I think I did know that we were going to be coming home with a baby and we were not ready. Right. As ready as we wanted to be. Yeah. So off we go, go to the hospital. Um, that We laughed hard about the comically so slow elevator. Uh <laughs> checked in, get checked into a room. Callie gets hooked up to all of this stuff that everybody at Northside is so great. Oh my gosh. The best. They are the best. I mean, really so great. Uh, Jeff and I are crossing our fingers, hoping we don't have to move out of this neighborhood. And one of the reasons is because we're a stone's throw away from Northside and the, one of the best children's hospitals like in the Southeast. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it's so we're just so fortunate in that regard because I did have to run home a lot or run to the office mm -hmm. over the over the course of the week, and it's just so close. Yeah. So, uh, Callie gets all settled in, and I make the decision that I'm going to go home, and go to bed, clean up. You know, obviously clean up the kitchen, go to bed as soon as I can, get up crazy early, and go into the studio before I've even showered or dressed when nobody else is there to set the studio for the people who are going to be using it that weekend. Mm -hmm. Put the furniture in place, put line the cameras up, put the lights up that need to be put, just do all of those things. And I also sent a message to Marissa, who stepped up in a big way to produce for us that weekend in the event that a baby showed up. Now, I don't think we've mentioned this before. Marissa was on the birth show with Jeff. Um, and they've remained friends. Um, you've always liked Marissa. I kind of think you see her as like a little sister or something. Um, but Marissa has came on board with us last month to, um, to, you know, to keep not, the ball rolling for different things. Not to produce a show with 12 hours notice. No. She came on board no. to do accounting and, to, to you know, bookkeeping type stuff and yeah. stuff like that. So, uh, so I also sent her a message and said, hey, can you meet me tomorrow morning uh, as early as possible? Because my thought is nobody gets – if you were going to have the baby, I, then it would be a different story. But nobody gets out of the hospital before 
noon. Right. Or two. You know what I mean? I think. Right. So I my thought was meet Marissa as early as possible, train her in the event that she's needed that weekend, and then I would be available to go back to the hospital at noon, meet you, we'd come home, or they would tell you that you had a baby. Mm-hmm. Well, I get a call at like 8 in the morning, and it's Callie saying the perinatal specialist came in, discussed Callie's health, the baby's health, and together they decided that they would be having the baby that day, a C-section. Um, I remember it being 4 p.m., you said yesterday was 2, but mm-hmm. I remember it being 4 or 4.30 p.m., but it was later in the day. Yeah. So I said, okay, great. Same plan, except I'm just going to rush through the training and get back to the hospital, spend the day with Callie, and meet my second daughter that night. Then Cal- then in the middle of the training, Callie calls and says, uh, and it was exactly 11.07, I don't know why I remember that time. That's so funny. That's the exact time I said. Yeah. Um, Because it was 11.07. I know, but it's just weird that we both remember that time. It's such an obscure... It's not like it was like 11.11. Right. Such an obscure time. So uh, Callie calls and says, everybody who can do my C-section and an operating room, everything available at 12.30. And I say, holy crap, off we go. And I'll be honest with you, I kind of liked, and I think I told you this when I got back to the hospital, I kind of liked running out of the office, saying saying to Marissa, okay, figure the rest of it out. I got to go. I'm having a baby. <laughs> and then passing people on the way out and having them kind of stop me to ask me a question and saying, I can't talk. I'm having a baby. Because that's the expectation I've always had about having babies. Right. That's how it is in movies. People are running around, you know, in the old timey movies, like, boil some water. Give me some towels. You know, it's yeah. always urgent. People peel into, you know, Dukes of Hazard style yes. to the emergency room and run into the the ER screaming, my wife's having a baby. My first experience, it was like it was like scheduling a a, a, a tooth extraction. Right. Like, it's no big you, deal. What do you think about twelve thirty work? Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I kind of liked that. Yeah. It was cool. So I'm at the hospital within 10, maybe 15 minutes. Um get up to the room. Callie is going through all the prerequisite stuff that you do before a surgery. Uh, everybody who came in was so impressed at how quick I got there. Mm-hmm. They brought me scrubs mm-hmm. because I was going to go in for the end of the surgery. I'm squeamish, so I don't need to be there for the whole surgery. But I was going to go in at the end when they put the baby on your chest. Mm-hmm. Or I don't think they put her on your chest, but they show her to you. Yeah. Um, which is exactly what I did for Ellie. And so I had my scrubs on. Um, they come into your epidural. And I move to a chair in the farthest corner of the room because there's, you know, there's like the epidural person. And then there's like an assistant Two, mm-hmm. I think the epidural person had two, the anesthesiologist had two assistants. Then there's your nurse. And your, it's a small room. Yeah. Your surgeon came in to check in. There's like five people in the room. I just get as far in the corner and I watch you pass out. At shortly after the epidural, I'm assuming is in, inserted. I don't 100% know really how an epidural works. Yeah. So um, I know that they had finished a big part of the procedure, 
and you were sitting there and you just started to pass out. And I'm, I've seen people pass out. I have passed out. I was not alarmed at all because I know you knew you hadn't eaten. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like to bake a lot of adrenaline. Yeah. It didn't seem like an unusual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were saying, oh, Callie, don't, don't, you know, stay with me. Don't close your eyes. Oh, squeeze my hand. And you were close, but you'd pop your eyes open and you close them again. Mm-hmm. You've seen somebody pass out, right? Yeah. Um, and finally you were out. And so now everybody's attention, they were on, you know, computers, clipboards, whatever. Now everybody's attention's on you. So I get up just to make my way out of the room. One or two other people came in. At that point, nothing seemed urgent. Mm -hmm. It was, but not in a life or death way. In a just nothing, just like, oh, this is a... This is a hurdle. Got to cross this. This is a thing that went sideways for a minute. They'll get her awake and then we'll be on with it, Mm -hmm. is what I thought. In the five seconds that it took me to get out into the hall, I think, or shortly after, at some point as I was leaving the room, I heard the announcement on the loudspeaker, and I will never forget it. And there's a blue light flashing outside of your room. Um, It said, code blue, Labor and delivery, LH4. Code blue, labor and delivery, LH4. And I just, I it was a weird, I knew that it was you, but I didn't know. I remember having the thought, oh, I hope that there's enough people to take care of both people. You know, it was mm-hmm. like a weird thought and then it clicked lh4 was your room and the only reason i know that is because you had asked me to go down i think the night before Mm -hmm. or maybe first thing when i got there to get a phone charger out of the car Mm -hmm. and the whole time i was walking i was going lh4 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 because if not i would have totally forgotten yeah and now there's people running in your room i mean more people than you would think could fit in that room. And they're coming from all over. I mean, you know that scene in the old school movie Ghost when all the shadows peel I've off? I've never seen Ghost. <gasps> I know. I know. But there's there's ghosts, okay, right, who are coming to get the evil person. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Ghost. Uh, the ghosts who come to get the, the evil person... Mm-hmm are shadows and they just peel up off of everywhere. And that's what it, I mean, people were coming. I have it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And they were all running so fast. And I just kept walking backwards down the hall so I could see your door, but I just kept getting farther away from it. I don't know why I did that, but I just kept walking backwards and I've zero sense of how much time it passed, but I 
um, remember um, having I remember having the thought um, if somebody asked me who we save, I wouldn't know how to answer. And then I remember having the thought they would never ask me that. And then I remember having the thought, who would I want them to save? And then I remember having the thought, that's such a terrible thought. And it was all like, at the same time, but also it felt like that whole thing took an hour. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just so jacked up. And then I saw your, they pushed your hospital bed. Somebody, they yelled something that, made me realize they were about to move you something about clearing the hall or stand clear or something. Somebody came out of the room and yelled something. And then I saw your hospital bed come out and I saw a woman riding it, straddling you with her hands on your chest. And I saw the person with the bag, the air blower bag. I mean, it was Grey's anatomy. Yeah. And they were running um, toward the OR. I didn't know where they were going at the time, but I figured out because they ran you down the hall and that's where you went. Um, but they just ran you down the hall. So at that point, I just started walking forward. And I remember there were three people. They were all women. I'm assuming they were nurses or technicians or admin people or somebody. But there were three of them. Um, they took me into your room. They wouldn't let me go to the... They took you back into the room where I had just left. I just left, and it looked like, you know, a room where a huge medical thing just happened, you know, like paper on the floor, and there's no bed there. Yeah. You know, and, like, the chairs moved sideways, and just as a room would look. And um, they got me a chair... They kept asking me if I wanted water. I remember standing up to say, I'll get it because there's a, a water thing right outside your, like a little thing to fill your water bottle right outside your room. And I was like, I can get it. And they physically pushed me down. Um, they were trying to get me to take my scrubs off. Um, I remember them saying, she's going to be okay. Um, somebody said... Um, she opened her eyes, and that's a really good. I don't think I think she said it's a really good sign or a really good thing. And in my head, I'm like, "What does that mean?" You know. Mm -hmm. Um. So, at some point, I convinced them to let me just go be physically near. I wouldn't let them take my scrubs off because I still wanted to go in, and they said well, we've got, we don't know if that can happen. And, and so I went down the hall and they let me go down to, and they brought a chair out for me and I wouldn't sit down. Um, cause I'm a pacer. Mm -hmm. I'm a pacer when I'm on the phone. Yeah, you are. I'm just, I pace. 
Um, but I guess I must have looked like crap because I think they thought I was going to pass out. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple totally random things that I did. Uh, as I was walking into your room earlier, or at some point, Steve, who uh, is our CRO, he does all of our money and financing stuff. He, he texted me and asked me about a rate. And I texted him back. Didn't say anything about you. Didn't say anything about what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I wrote him back and said, oh, yeah, it's a 60-40 split or something. Yeah. Um, I took a picture of myself in the domed mirror mm-hmm. that was on the ceiling. And I spent a lot of time trying to decide if I should text your parents or not. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know what to tell them. Mm-hmm. So, and I also Googled code blue. So I texted them the definition of code blue and said, this just happened. This is happening Mm -hmm. and sent it to them or this just happened. They came out and told me that they're about to start the C-section. At one point they came out and told me that you were speaking, you were open and you were speaking. It was a lot of it was gibberish, but you were speaking. And then like two minutes later, they came out again and said that you asked if I was okay. So sweet. Um, I do remember I, I had forgotten that yesterday, but I do remember because I was, yeah, I just, I know how you are with, or how I was thinking about how you must feel if I, if you knew something was wrong with me. Right. And yeah, I wanted to make sure that you hadn't like passed out or, you know. I think they thought I was going to. I yeah. don't know if you told them that ahead of time, like gave my heads up, like, hey, you know. He probably, if you got to draw blood from me, you probably want to distract him like he's a right. toddler. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but they were very in tune with the fact that I was not well for a few minutes. Yeah. <clears throat> so they said, we're going to start the C-section. We'll come get you when the baby's out and, and uh, or we're about to take the baby out. And I actually asked, I said, if she's awake, can I go in there now? And they said, yes. So I went in. Um, Do I'll they be- have like a chair for you? They had, a little, they had a little stool, mm-hmm. like a little, you know, like every dentist office has, the yeah. exam room has those little round stools. Yeah. So I was sitting on one side of your head. Uh, there were two nurses who I think their full-time job was just to keep you awake and as comfortable as you could be. Yeah. And they were sitting there. Then there was a third person who kept coming in and checking on you. I was not in there for when you turned red, mm-hmm. like your allergic reaction thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when I got in there, you were kind of yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, you were. Were you relieved when you saw me? Like, nope. Oh, she's fine. Or were oh, you no. like, oh god? I was like, oh god, <laughs> because there was just a lot going on, mm-hmm. and you were a little bit in and out of it. Like, you would say a sentence or two that made sense, and then you would say a sentence that like didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just we- the whole thing was just weird, and time is weird because I know Olivia is so weird. And time is weird because I have no idea if I was in that operating room for four minutes or 40, you know? Yeah. Um, but they were keeping it. They did, were doing a good job keeping you from yakking. If you said you were dry heaving, I wasn't in there for any of that. Thank God. I, that would not have been, I would not have done well with that, I don't think. Um, but the the everybody in that operating room was fantastic that I dealt with on this side of the yeah. curtain you know um they were taking such great care of you i think they were just trying to pump you full of stuff to reverse 
what just happened and keep mm-hmm. you awake and alert. I do remember you. I do remember the exchange that you talked about yesterday where you said you wanted to make sure that you were coherent enough mm-hmm. to see Olivia, mm-hmm. you know, before she left the OR. And I do remember that nurse saying, I will make sure that that happens. Um, at one point, I think you mentioned this yesterday, but you started to, to verbalize a panic attack. Mm-hmm. And you were saying, I know that I'm fine and I know that you're all here, but I feel like I'm, I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. Do you remember saying that? Mm-hmm. Okay. And that, that scared me. Um, and then. And that, like, I, it was weird because I remember saying that and being like, it doesn't feel like a panic attack in that there's no racing thoughts. I mean, my mind was like blank. Yeah. But the feeling, the physical feeling your eyes was were, there. Your eyes were weird. It, it was, just kind of, you were just zoned out. Yeah. Like I wasn't, you know, usually if I have a panic attack, I'm thinking, you know, consistent thoughts over and over. And there's yeah. a lot. This was not like that. My mind was completely blank, but my chest was so heavy and I felt like I couldn't breathe. And no, no part of me being in there was affected by the sounds, the, the blood. I saw a lot more than I ever thought I would ever be able to see and stay upright. I did not flinch at all. It was yeah. all adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And the two women who were sitting at your head taking care of you were so great. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I'm not a hundred, I don't, I don't know who else, but everybody who was just kind of flitting around there, you know, everybody's got their own job. Uh, like they would just t- take us, the ones who are near your head all would take a second. You doing good. Okay. We're and would give you updates mm-hmm. and I don't think you could process them or whatever, but it was just so great. Yeah. Um, well, you know, as great as it could be after that, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I happened to just look up and see them lift Olivia out of your belly and just, you know, plop her into a bin. And I'm like, be gentle with that. <laughs> that was really expensive. That's expensive. You break it, you buy it. <laughs> but you know how everybody says this. Doctors, you know. Oh, yeah. They just like. OBs and labor and delivery nurses. They know that kids are resilient and bendy and whatever. Yeah, so they're they like, know. flop. <laughs> and so, um I think I just said, I just saw her and you said, how did she look? The reality is she looked like um, a baby elephant covered in Vaseline. Yeah. You know, she was gross. She was bloody. She was slimy. She was gray. Yeah. She was, she flopped. (laughs) So like, where am I? But I said, she looks great. Um, Then I started to get alarmed again because she was crying and whimpering. Not a ton. There was no scream, but I could clearly hear, and I think one of the nurses could also hear because we kept saying "hear that," and you kept saying "no." Mm-hmm. Um, that re- for some reason that really freaked me out because I, I I I didn't say it to you in the time, but I just remember saying, thinking, well, "How can she not hear it? Mm-hmm. How is how?" Mm-hmm. And that weirded me out. Um. Olivia was with her little care team for what felt like a longer amount of time with Ellie. I feel I feel like the Ellie experience, like Ellie came out and then we immediately saw her. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Olivia went over to the so in my head I was I was thinking well you know what it could just be different doctors have different styles styles yeah. or it could also be Kelly is high as a kite right now and they might be giving her a chance to come back to reality a mm-hmm. little bit before presenting Olivia you know yeah um, but I wasn't really it was concern not worry they bring Olivia around. We get to see her. Do you remember seeing her? I do. Okay. Do you remember feeling emotions or anything? I remember. Because no, you fully, I don't. You fully cried with Ellie. But I remember kissing Olivia. Yeah. And being like, oh my gosh. Um, One of those um, nurses took pictures. Do you remember that? Yes. She I said, "Let me have your that. let me have your camera," and she went around to the other side and took yeah. pictures. Yeah. So. Uh, and then they said, okay. And they took Olivia and they said, okay, dad, follow me. Um, actually I know they did things in a different order last time because when they took Olivia from us, Mm -hmm. they immediately said, okay, dad, follow me, mom, you'll see dad in 20 minutes or whatever. Um, when they did it before they did. They put Olivia or Ellie over there, and I actually went over and saw like the little scale thing, and I saw them kind of cleaning her off. Yeah. So they did do it in a different order. Uh, so we go down to recovery. My memory of recovery is significantly, I was 1,000, in retrospect, I was 1,000% numb, in shock, something. Because in recovery, I just stood next to her little basket. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't, I think probably the, I mean, everything about that day was such a challenge, but it was physically difficult for me to leave you in that condition. Yeah. Because it goes against every instinct. That you have to protect me. To protect you, but also, I don't know, your eyes were so weird, and it wasn't fear, but it was like, it was just weird. And I, somehow I was, I, I knew Olivia would be in great hands, and it's almost, I hope this doesn't sound jacked up, but I didn't know her, mm-hmm. and I knew that somebody would be there to take care of her for the next 30 minutes if I got to say stay with you, but I didn't know how to say that without sounding like a total a-hole. Yeah. But I had that thought. So when I got down there, um, the woman in recovery who was weighing Olivia and, you know, checking her this and checking her that and giving her all the tests and uh, making her a little footprint and uh, all that stuff. I mean, she knew what happened, so she, hopefully she's okay with it. But, she, I mean, she must have thought I was just like an um, emotionless jerk because I just stood there. I, mean, yeah. I took a bunch of pictures to send to your parents, and and but it felt weird. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna da- stand down here and take pictures of Olivia mm-hmm. when I had no idea what condition you were in. Yeah. So that was a really long time from Olivia getting into recovery, and then you coming down there, and I did not like that one bit, mm-hmm. that length of time. Um, uh she kept asking, I do remember she kept saying, do you need some coffee? Do you need some water? Do you need some coffee? So I must have just been, looked like I just got punched in the face nine yeah. times. Um, 
But again, she was so great. Uh, then you show up. It was 180 degrees different from when Ellie was there. Yeah. Um, you were with Ellie. Like, I couldn't believe you just had major surgery. And with Olivia, you were like, where am I? Who are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You were just out of it. Um, but you got to hold Olivia. Mm-hmm. And... Every, like you said yesterday, everybody was coming in one by one to see how you were doing, to tell you how brave you were, check in on you. It was great. Uh, one of the nurses that was with me when, like in the room when this all first started happening, she came by to check on me. And she said, hey, I'm going to need you to not ever do that again. Yeah. She was like, don't do that to me. Somebody, <laughs> somebody told me that in their... And I remember laughing and being like, oh, it hurts to laugh. But that was funny. In their career... I don't know if it was at Northside or somewhere, but in their time as a labor and delivery nurse, they had only, and, and this was a person who was old. Was, this wasn't like a you know 24-year-old like kid age, yeah. right out of nursing school. This is somebody who's a career, you know, decades, uh, said that they'd only experienced like three code blues in labor and delivery, mm-hmm. counting yours. Yeah. You know? So that's when I think I was, I started to think, oh, this is a big deal. And then the other time was, um, I think you had asked for ice. Yes. Or something. And I went out to find, I dropped your spoon or whatever. And when I was walking back in, one of the nurses said, hey, this is Morgan. She's, this is the woman who got your wife's heartbeat back or brought your wife back or pulse back or something. And I, I don't even think I processed it then. It was like, cool. She's in there. You should go take a picture. You know what yeah. I mean? And they did. Um, Ella, uh, Olivia had to go to the Transitions Nursery. Um, so she didn't even go up to the room. She went right to Transitions. I had There's to- a really funny picture of her because I was like, <clears throat> I had my phone at this point. And I'm like, send pictures of her new digs. And you sent me a picture of her. And they had like little, you know stuff on her like monitoring monitoring what i assume is like her heart and stuff like that um and then in the corner was a picture of her and i remember being like who is that picture and you're like that's olivia and they had little baby mug shots of every baby that was in there and it was so funny because like her name's on there she's got the ankle bracelet or whatever but like there's in her little crib thing like that they had her in there was a mugshot of her like yeah. <laughs> when she's What's, like an hour old like dude like hello what is happening this is a lot well it's pretty remarkable though because that they do that because i think all babies essentially look identical you it, know what i mean yeah they do like i couldn't tell yeah could you i know, even pick olivia from a lineup from those photos out, i don't know outside of hair you know presence of hair and hair color and skin tone, ethnicity. Yeah. Every baby looks the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if there's four three-hour-old white babies with brown hair. Well, and they all have hats there, on at that time. So right. And, they're all, wearing, and they're all wearing the same hat. Yeah. They're all wearing the same hat. So you really can't so, tell. So if they said, hey, put this baby back in the right nursery thing, I would have been like, um, can what? I have another clue? Yeah. So anyways, baby is this? Um, so she was there for a few hours. Uh, I will tell you, and this is what really sucks about, I went down to visit her because I could go in and out. So once I got her checked in, 
Then I left and went downstairs and found, actually went to the cafeteria and just sat in the corner. And that's when I just started to text people. And um, I called your parents to tell them what happened. And I texted everybody else and said, this is what happened, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, which is so weird because, you know, the expectation is every 10 minutes I'm sending pictures, you know? Yeah. Um, so I went down there and, uh, sat down there, um, texted everybody. I think I got, you know, something to drink came. I don't remember, but at some point I went back to the little transitions thing again to, ch- Oh, I was coming to find you. You had been moved to your room. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go see, Olivia, so I could give you an update. Yeah. When I got up to the room. And when I got in there, the nurse who was taking care of her said, She's doing great. The breathing trouble, or as you know, that she was having, that's the reason she's here, just as we assumed it resolved itself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but she'll be back with mom by dinner time. No problem. So I went to you. I delivered that good news, which I know you were really relieved about. And I'm glad that I was so out of it during this whole time because I think knowing that four hours without my baby, without being or that you might drugged have to... up, I would be like a basket case if I had really realized, oh, I don't get to see my baby for, you know, five hours. And I, I made an Instagram story where, like, I was like, she's here. She's great. I don't have her right now. And I was just kind of out of it, but fine. Callie today would be a mess because that would seem forever, especially after everything that happened and like, you know, even her coming early and me saying to my OB, like, will you just tell me when she's okay? Like, just as soon as you get her out and she's okay, tell me. Especially with the unknown of not knowing if she would be able to spend the night. Right. So thank you, drugs. Right. For keeping me out of that because I would have gone, Yeah. you know. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. But um, so I went down. So I guess there's a timeline. I think once you go into transitions, you have to be there for three or six hours. I forget what it is um, to be properly evaluated. And when I went down and talked to them, they said, as soon as her time limit is up. Yeah. We will call and and get her uh, back with your wife. I said, okay, great. Um, I think I came up and told you that. Then I think I... Went home to let the dogs out or something, and when I came back, you had Olivia. Mm -hmm. What I will say is I have three memories of Ellie coming into this world where I was like, whoa, holy crap, this is awesome. The first was when you guys first did Skin to Skin, Mm -hmm. and we took – the nurse took Ellie and put it, put her on Callie's chest. And at that time, we had not made a decision about breastfeeding. I think it was. I was leaning towards no. And I think I was saying, well, just wait till Ellie gets here and see. How you feel. And see how you feel. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, I wouldn't make the decision before you know what it entails. And the nurse put <laughs> Ellie on Callie's chest and 
Ellie literally started skirt like a sea turtle, like a baby sea turtle <laughs> crawling towards the ocean. She just started scurrying over toward Callie's boob. And Callie and I were both like, whoa. What? We're like, whoa, that's nuts. Instincts are crazy. That's nuts. And so seeing that happen mm-hmm. and seeing you and her for the first time, that's my number one memory. My number two memory was when they put her on your um, chest in – the operating room, mm-hmm. and then uh, the number three memory was just standing next to her in post-op, the like in the recovery area mm-hmm. before you came down, mm-hmm. and I was just like touching her. I was just yeah. like t- touching her toe going, that's a toe. Like just like, that. Cool, neat. And I took a gazillion pictures, and I had so many questions, and you even asked me afterwards, like what happened in recovery before I got there? I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. Because I was like, ah, I don't know. It was overwhelming. Um, when I think back of Olivia's birth, um, my the first good, coherent, positive memory I have was that nurse telling me that she would be able to come out of – she wouldn't have to spend the night away from you, mm-hmm. that she would be going up to the room. Um, my biggest memories from that day are, number one by a mile, is you – with a woman on your chest in the chest compression position, mm-hmm. right? Number two is the horrific thoughts that I had when I was walking backwards down that hall mm-hmm. about if there, if I don't want to say it again. And then uh, number three was standing outside the OR door, just looking at the door. Mm-hmm. Just going, wonder what's going on on the other side of that. You know, um, which sucks because the Ellie memories were so cool. Yeah. And these were like, woof. Um, so I think that's the, I mean, I don't think I have anything to add behind that. I spent the night with Callie in the hospital room the first night, mm-hmm. right? Um, the next day, Callie was definitely better. Right, like some of the drugs were out of her. I'm assuming all the drugs were out of her system. Um, they were starting to let you drink water, mm-hmm. uh, so you were better. Ellie came to to see the boop, as we call her, um, and that was so cool. Um, she was so excited. She was so excited. Uh, I didn't see her before the moment they met, but I did. Um, a Jeff was like. Ellie doesn't want to do anything but come see you and the baby. Like, she just wants to get there. She's so excited. Um, When I went over to your parents' house to pick her up, the first thing that she said is she, like, normally when I go over, she says, look what KK and I did and wants to show me what they colored or she just keeps playing with her toy. Yeah. She's like, what are you doing here? I'm having fun. Like, I'm not even there. You know what I mean? Uh, Or she suddenly wants to finish the lunch that she's ignored for the past hour. Right. Right, because she wants to stall. I mean... I think she was pushing me out of the way to get out of the door. Yeah. She's like, I got my coat. Let's go. Give me the keys. I'll drive. <laughs> so we go right to the hospital. That was really cool. Um, I, I don't think there's anything remarkable for me to add about the rest of the hospital stay. Yeah. Um, we got to meet Morgan and actually talk to her when we were coherent. Yep. Which was amazing. Um, I feel like we're we're friends now. <laughs> I feel I, 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 I made friends with like everyone in the hospital. What I realized is I'm a golden retriever and I need people to like me. Yeah. So I made friends with everybody. I got everybody's story. Um, you know, like 
<laughs> one of my nurses is from, um, is was a Belmont nurse. So I'm like, oh my God, cool. Uh, know her story. One of my- Which is, Callie went to Belmont. Yeah, I went to Belmont. Um, one of my nurses was from Tortola, which is like this very small island. And Jeff and I went there on our honeymoon. Um, one of the techs, that was there. She just got back from maternity leave from having her fourth child. She had a C-section. Like, I know I'm like, I just need everyone to be friends with me. <laughs> and we had, so, you know, and then I was like, you know, when we had shift changes, I'm like, did you tell them I'm your favorite? They're like, <laughs> Oh yeah, you're going to have fun with this one. Like, you know, so I've decided since that hospital stay, I am definitely a golden retriever. I definitely need people, people to like me. I'm like, like me, like me, like me. Uh, but I made, so many friends with the hospital staff. It was so, it was so cool. Um, you, uh, you'll never fully understand this, but you were kind of a celebrity in the hospital because you were the code, code, blue, code mom. blue mom. Yeah. Um, everybody in labor and delivery and related to that knew the story. So yeah. when I went to transitions, they were like, you're the code blue dad. How's mom doing? And just randomly people would stop me and say, Hey, I was at the desk when that happened. How's she doing or how? Yeah. And when I, I got, at one point I got lost in the, you know, it's a hospital. It's a maze. Yeah. yeah. So I was coming back from wherever, the cafeteria or whatever. And I ended up, I think, in a corridor that I shouldn't have been in. And I, I asked the nurse who was walking me back out mm-hmm. to point me toward your room. I was like, hey, is that, who? what's her name? And she said, Morgan. And I said, what's her last name? She told me, Morgan Short. And I said, uh, okay, thank you. Um, I, I wanted to know her name because she helped us this morning. And she said, oh, are you the code blue dad? <laughs> yes. So, yes, I am. Um, and help is such an understatement. Yeah, it you was. Know? Yeah, I'm glad she actually went out of her way. I can't remember if we talked about this yesterday. She came in on her day off yeah. to give us a hug and check on us. And they're just, you know. I think there's a lot of people that move through their days and she just is an angel. She's an angel. And the, and she, the bed was so high when I was on it that she literally leapt on top of me. Yeah. And, um, I think it, you know, obviously nurses and doctors, like, you know, they take care of people every day, but that to me was a remarkable point in my life. And yeah, you think she was the first one there and she was there when I when I came back and I just feel so unbelievably grateful for her I have we're, we're gonna do questions so if you have any questions 800-434-5454 um leave them and on. we're doing that because we have questions our family has questions our friend everybody has questions so we're like oh you'll probably have questions too after this story so ask away um I'm I might have some questions for you when I Spent some time thinking about it. Mm-hmm. How are you? How are you doing now? A week mm, out? Zero idea. Because I have everybody telling me. Do you feel like that is a trauma in your life? Not right now. Okay. But I'm worried that it will be. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, shockingly, I saw so. I went in there for the. I was in there for for the full surgery. Yeah. Um, I saw a machine that I think was cleaning up blood, like kind of a suction thing, I think. I don't know. Or maybe you were getting, were you getting a transfusion of your own blood? Maybe it was like a dialysis type. I don't know what it was, but it was a hose with blood in it. Mm -hmm. 
Nothing. Didn't impact me, right? Um, I saw them lift Olivia out of your belly. Didn't impact me. Not zero. I think, because you know I've never been great with hospitals. Right. Do not like. And um, Have we talked about why I, or is that just a story for another? Well, I'm assuming. When I was 12 years old, my mom got really, really sick and was in a hospital and then a, a rehab center for several months. And I just think hospitals give me anxiety. Mm-hmm. I just think probably residual from that. Yeah. But it's not debilitating. I mean, I think my aunt, my dad's sister, had an anxiety with hospitals so bad that even when my uncle was having a heart procedure, she didn't go in. Yeah. Because it would it would just caused her so much. So I, it was nothing like that, but I just didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, I remember when your mom um, was in the hospital one time and we flew up to New York to see her. And before we walked into the hospital, you had to like, you were like, yeah, like you had to. Yeah. And nor- that's in. So it's fine. But I had zero thought of that mm-hmm. on none. It was gone. So maybe that cured me from from that. To answer your question, I don't know how I'm doing because I have everybody saying, oh, that was so traumatic. Oh, you need to talk to a therapist. Oh, you need to do this. Oh, you need to do that, blah, 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 blah. And I'm pretty sure it's just in a compartment right now. We got got other stuff going on. Trying to keep a newborn alive. We're trying to entertain a toddler. I mean, January, February, right now, is shaping up to be one of our busiest months Mm -hmm. at 1022. Mm -hmm. We've got a toddler. We've got a newborn. We've got Callie recovering from major surgery, Mm -hmm. you know. Callie tried to tap out, so I would have to deal with it all by myself. But, <laughs> but I'm back. Morgan brought her back, so thank yeah, you. Thanks, Morgan. So yeah, so maybe someday it'll be a thing. But right now, it's just yeah, it's just the thing that happened. Um, we're answering your questions on our next episode on Friday, 800-434-5454. If you would like to leave us a question on our voicemail, um, or you can email us love notes at calliandjeff.com, um, and we will be back on Friday to answer those. <laughs>